Hello again everyone and welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. This is episode 32. Uh, I'm Mark Fever, and with me again as always is Matt Quest. Hello! Today we have our returning guest host in Tim Costello. You may remember him from our Batman episode. Howdy rowdy. Uh, and if you haven't listened to this podcast before, our podcast focuses on the entire world of animation. Each episode we feature an animated series or film from the past to present. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it's up for discussion with us. So from there, we're going to get into our first section today, our new releases. Alright, so new releases this week on the show. The first one we're going to talk about is Muppet Christmas Carol. In, in the past, I've kind of justified why I would have the Muppets on here. Because I feel that puppet puppetry is kind of like animation, anyways. Because the puppeteers are animating that essentially an, anim, an animate object to come to life, just the same way as like a stop animation is a form of puppeteering. I figure that that works that same way with with the Muppets. So that's why they're on here. Uh, so with that explanation, the the first film we're talking about is Muppet Christmas Carol. And I think the, the first time I can remember watching this was a few years ago, but I probably watched it way before that. But uh, it's just recently came out in Blu-ray. Michael Caine is in it as Scrooge. What do you guys remember about this film? Well, I saw this movie when it first came out in the theater, and I absolutely loved it because growing up, I've, if you follow me on Twitter or on Facebook, you know I'm a huge fan of the Muppets, always have been, still am to this day. And I saw this, like I said, I saw this movie in the theater, and I loved it then, and I wore out the the tape because I would always, always watch it. And I absolutely loved it. And seeing it on – I actually rented it on Blu-ray, and it's actually pretty pretty nice. The the quality of, of the Blu-ray is still pretty good, despite it being – what is it, 20 years? 20 years old? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 20th anniversary. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And also interesting to note, in this uh, release, they actually cut an entire song from the film. There's a song that Scrooge's girlfriend, Belle, sings in, in the movie that is entirely cut from this release of, yeah, of the film. Which I found kind of weird. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird, too, because it did the same thing on, on iTunes, too, because it used to have that song on there, the iTunes oh, yeah. uh, version of the movie. But they recently edited it, so it's like the one that's on Blu-ray now. So I and I really enjoy that song, and it's also kind of weird because at the end of the the film they sing a reprise of that song, but oh, the yeah. original version of the song isn't in the movie. At least in this edit, anyway. Yeah, the Christmas Carol. We watched that every Christmas at my house. We bought that on Blu-ray, you know, a couple years back. We used to watch it on the VHS. We recorded right off the TV. I love the uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, um, you know, watching the, you know, Scrooge and all that. It's great. Must see every Christmas. Definitely. And I, uh, there's a podcast that I used to listen to when it was on called Media Junkyard. Uh, I think two years ago, I actually went on that show to do trivia for this movie and we ended up winning. So, so awesome. Yeah, Muppets sweet, Christmas Carol sweet. is a good movie. Uh, the features on there, most of them are, are straight from the DVD. So if you've had the the DVD before, it's going to be those same features, uh, which is basically a commentary with Kermit, Gonzo, Rizzo, and more of the 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 Muppets. 
Uh, and then there's one with director Brian Henson, which is Jim Henson's uh, son. Yeah. And then you have frogs, pigs, and ham and humbug. I was gonna say hamburger. <laughs> uh, unwrapping a holiday classic, which is like a bunch of stuff around the set. Uh, and then there's a blooper reel. And then Pepe does profiles on all of the Muppets in the movie. So that's interesting. Uh, now, now on this feature, I didn't get a chance to watch this feature when I rented the Blu-ray. But uh, on this feature, does Pepe do a profile on every single Muppet? Uh, I, I want to say I remember that he did. Uh, he does at least with Gonzo. Oh yeah, it's just oh, it's just Gonzo. Yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking that he did more for some reason. The reason I ask is when when this and a lot of the other Disney owned uh, Muppet movies, you know, Muppet Movie, Great Muppet Caper, Muppet Treasure Island, and Muppet Christmas Carol, they 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 had all these. They had you know basically Pepe interviewing every one of the Muppets. Like I think he interviews Kermit on the Muppet Movie DVD. So they must so, sp- must have spread them out across yeah. like their different properties yeah. that they own. Yeah, they did. I was gonna say maybe maybe that's the issue with with that one song that Scrooge's uh, girlfriend sings mm-hmm. because maybe that's still owned. I don't know. It's got, there's some probably weird uh, marketing like stipula- stipulation or contractual. Because it was on actually a cut of the movie that was on DVD. I had it. Hmm. Was it before it was weird. before Disney bought the Muppets though? I don't know if it's that or it was just, it's just it's just it's just an odd thing. It's just an odd thing, and it, and it yeah. and it's weird in the context of the movie too because you have Belle and Scrooge talking, and Belle says, "Well, you used to love me once," and then she walks away, and Rizzo's like bawling uncontrollably, which. <laughs> doesn't really make sense if you don't have that song because obviously it's a heartfelt song. Scrooge gets it, uh, Michael Caine gets in on the song, so it's obviously pretty emotional. So it just it feels weird. There's probably some reasoning for it, but yeah. I, I think the the version I have of this still has the song in it. So if you have the VHS or the original DVD, keep them at least if you, if you want that scene still. Yeah. Uh, from there, we're going to go into a little bit of our, our Pixar kind of spree of films now. Yay! <laughs> uh, Brave, uh, Pixar's 13th feature film, just came out on Blu-ray recently. And again, like all of their Blu-rays, the movie looks fantastic in HD. Nice. Uh, it has the short La Luna on there, which was is one of my favorite Pixar shorts now. Because uh, that movie, I mean, that short is beautiful. The 3D, I remember for that in the theaters, that was fantastic. Uh, and there's a new short on here, The Legend of Mordu, that shows the the backstory for the the huge bear Mordu. And uh, it's essentially that, that story that uh, Eleanor was telling Merida during the film. And But it's cool to see the style of animation that you do for that as well. Have either of you guys got to check out this Blu-ray or the film since it's come out on, on Blu-ray at all? I actually got this uh, Blu-ray like a couple of days after it came out, and I absolutely loved it. I, I mean, I was a little trepidatious because I'd heard a lot of mixed things about the movie, but I absolutely loved it. Do I think it's Pixar's best? No. But I really loved it, and I really liked the, the twist in, in the story that it took. I... And I, I I really enjoyed the end credit scene. The end credit scene had me laughing 
insanely because I, it's just how, how random it was. It was awesome. Yeah. Matt, what are your, your thoughts about the movie? Like, do they still hold to like when you saw it in theaters or do you, any, is, has any of that like died down for you at all? Well, I only saw it in the theaters. I haven't seen it on Blu-ray yet. But, uh, you know, Christmas is coming up here shortly, and who knows who's getting that Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> no, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to um, enjoy it again once I see it. I, it's been – I only did watch it the one time, so I can't wait to see it again. Definitely. I mean, and every Pixar Blu-ray is filled with – tons of features on it like yeah this the five disc one that i was able to get has has that the la luna short on there the legend of mardu short has and it's got like how many one nine or so like featurettes like talking about the making of the film uh and, and one of them is called uh clan pixar which i was able to spot our our recurring pixar animation guest alston madison in there wearing his kilt so that, that was pretty funny to see him on there. Uh, and then there's an audio commentary on there with Mark Andrews and a few of the other members of the, of the contributing animators and whatnot to the film. I would have liked to seen Brenda Chapman on that audio commentary too, just because the original idea for the story came from her. So I know that yeah. she was replaced as the director, but I still would have liked to you know hear her side of a lot of the stuff in the, the film as well. And I, and, and I remember she was in parts of the special features that I didn't get to watch all the special features, but I was able to watch some and it was very interesting to note that they still had her in there, even though she was, as you say, Mark were replaced as, um, as director. So I, I found it very interesting that she was still included in the special features. So that was nice. Yeah. I'm definitely glad that she, that she was. Uh, and then, so definitely if, I mean, if you want to be a completionist and just get that to, to fill your Pixar collection, definitely grab that because it is definitely worth it. Especially the, with all those features on there, that makes it worth picking it up. Uh, from there, we're going to talk about volume two of the Pixar short films collection. Uh, and now if you've bought pretty much all of the Pixar movies, like I said, as they've come out, most of these shorts are on those Blu-rays already. But if you want to have them all in one area, this is a good way to do that. And then there's some on there that haven't been released before in Blu-ray, like the Toy Story tunes, like for Small Fry, and yeah, Time Travel Mater. And I mean, La Luna is also on this, so it was kind of funny because these both came out on the same day, Brave and the, the shorts collection. So if you wanted to, you could have essentially bought La Luna twice that day. But with, totally worth it yeah. the twice <laughs> by anyway. What's nice about this though is that every single one of the shorts has a commentary by the director on each and every one of those. So it's cool to hear from the directors on each and every one of these shorts. And they're all done in like different ways that speaks to that director's voice. Like one of them, uh, there's a short, uh, I think it, yeah, it's from George, it's George and AJ is a short from Up. And the director didn't really want to talk because he, he said that he, he couldn't word the stuff the right way. So he has like a trailer voice guy do the entire comment commentary for him. <laughs> and then oh, that's cool. he starts the, the trailer guy kind of starts 
lying about stuff and like <laughs> like how many people were involved with the movie and how well the film did and how many awards it won and the, the director starts getting mad at him and tells him to, to shut up and why. So it's it's funny to to watch that one just for that. And the coolest thing about this is that it has short student films from three of the Pixar directors on there, which is really cool to see. There's John Lasseter's two films by him, Nightmare and Lady in the Lamp, two from Andrew Staten, which are called Somewhere in the Arctic and A Story, and then three from Pete Docter, which are Winter, Palm Springs, and Next Door. So definitely, if, if you are a huge fan of Pixar and you'd like to see where the creative juices have come from, from John Lasseter, Andrew Staten, and Pete Docter, who have directed essentially two-thirds of all the of the Pixar films that have come out. It's cool to watch those and kind of see where they started off in school and how far they've progressed since then. Now, Mark, uh, it's, it's interesting you mentioned uh, George and AJ, but that uh, that short's not actually on the Blu-ray. Uh, George, well, yeah, it's George and AJ isn't on the Up Blu-ray, apparently, but it is on the shorts collection, so that... Yeah. And I, nice I, I, I actually I actually want to see that because it it, it looks pretty good because I mean like, like, that's why I was hesitant you know when they announced this set I was hesitant to to buy it because well I have all the all the Pixar shorts on the Pixar Blu-ray so I don't really need those but then they come out with these student short films which seem very very worth the buy and also. George and AJ, and also the the last couple Cars and Toy Story shorts. So I definitely want to see those too. Yeah, the ones that are on here that I don't believe Hawaiian Vacation has been on a Blu-ray before, hmm. uh, but uh, Hawaiian Vacation Air Mater was on Cars 2's Blu-ray. Okay, so Air Mater, Small Fry, Time Travel Mater, those are all ones that have. The only thing is, I wish they had put Party Saurus Rex on here too, because who knows when that will be on a Blu-ray. <laughs> Because, Did they put it on the Monsters University Blu-ray? Who knows? Yeah, it might be. I mean, that's the closest thing I could think of where they'd put it on there. Yeah. Uh, the next sense. one uh, that we're going to be talking about has been a long time coming, and it, it finally fulfilled the OCD completionist in me for my Pixar Ooh. Blu-ray collection is <laughs> Finding Nemo so on Blu-ray. And when I, when I worked at Blockbuster, I remember like way back in, I don't know, I don't know how many years ago, like, Five or so, we there was a Blu-ray trailer tape that would play, and it was the same year that season three of Lost was on. So that's how I can kind of document what year it was. But <laughs> it had a trailer for Nemo on there for Blu-ray, and it was supposed to be like one of the first Blu-rays that they were releasing. I'm assuming they were supposed to come out around that same time Ratatouille came out on Blu-ray because I know that was one oh. of the first like Cars and Ratatouille were two of the first Pixar. Blu-rays to come out, and I'm assuming that was supposed to come out then too, and then for who knows what reason it, it never did, and then they're finally putting it out now because you know this year how it came out in 3D and in theaters. So, and then it's been next year will be 10 years since this film came out in theaters too. So, holy crap! Wow, it's it's almost Jeez. it's almost the 10th anniversary uh, release for the movie. Uh, the best things on this Blu-ray too. There's a filmmakers roundtable, which is it's, I, I love these when they when they put these on these Blu-rays as they've come out because they're so far removed from that the year that the film came out. So it's cool to see them come back and talk about the film. So you have like Andrew Stetton on there, 
Bob Peterson, Oren Jacob, uh, Leon Rick, and I feel bad, but I'm forgetting the the last guy's name that was on the round table too. So I'm sorry, but but yeah, that I loved that on there. It was that was great, and I think that they must have shot these featurettes at different times too, and it leads me to believe that this was supposed to come out a lot earlier because Andrew Staten in that round table, he's got his short haircut that he has now that he's had since like around John Carter. Um, but in some of the other features on there that are also in HD and he's introducing like deleted scenes and alternate openings to the film, he's got his longer hair that he had like a year or a few years ago. So I'm wondering if that, those, some of those were shot then and then now they just did this round table. So that was kind of interesting to see that. Uh, and then, uh, Nick Knack, the, the short is on here too. So if you don't have the Pixar short films collection one. That is on that Blu-ray, but it's also now on this Blu-ray in HD, so you can check that out. Uh, there's also, what else is there on there? There's Reventing the Submarine Voyage, so you kind of see how they redid the submarine ride at Disneyland, redoing it from the original ones that they had way back in the 60s when the park first opened, oh, and sweet. then how they reinvented it cool. with Nemo. And, and like how... Uh, awesome Andrew Stanton felt to be able to reinvigorate that ride and kind of be a part of something like that. So definitely if, if you love finding Nemo, this is, this Blu-ray is worth picking up on December 4th when it comes out, because not only is, is it one of Pixar's best films, but it looks fantastic in HD and all the features on here are well worth picking it up. So say mine, when you go to the, the store and pick it up. I'm going to say mine when it comes to me in the mail next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am really looking forward to, to seeing this film in Blu-ray because I, I, like you say, Mark, it feels like this has been a long time coming. Yeah. Like on, on Instagram, I posted, I've posted a picture of my, of my Pixar Blu-ray semi-completionist collection. And someone asked me, well, where's Finding Nemo? Why is it not there? And when I tell them that it hasn't come out yet, they're flabbergasted because it just doesn't make sense. Because it's, like you say, Pixar's best film. It's his most successful outing, I think. And so it it just seems odd that it hasn't come out on Blu-ray yet. But it's great that it's going to come out on Blu-ray. And I have no doubts that it will look amazing. Because I popped in the DVD uh, a few months back. And even that looks spectacular, just on DVD. So I can only imagine how it's going to look in on blu-ray hd oh well, the other thing that's kind of nice is that the thing that was on the dvd where they had the the aquarium type things where it was just you know like the cg underwater you know like anemones just moving around they have that on in hd now on this too so that's a nice way to show off your tv i guess too just to I, 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 I got play the aquarium good question about that is that when you pause the movie is that what it does or is that just part of the menu no it's like, like another thing you can pick on the menu for it to do oh, that's cool that's cool because huh. something i was gonna bring up in the muppet christmas carol talk is the intermission feature oh yeah and they've added that on a few of their disney movies now i don't really like that because i'd rather pause it and not have to deal with other stuff going on while it's paused <laughs> well i discovered it like a couple weeks ago, I, w- I was uh, watching the 2011 Muppets movie, and I-, and I found out that they were doing this like when I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, so I'm watching them, uh, and I'm about to go to the restroom, and then this stuff happens, and it totally catches me off guard. 
Yeah. And they did this this time with the uh, chickens singing thumb Christmas song. I don't remember what it was. Huh. But yeah. I I just found that very interesting. That's an interesting feature that I've not seen in many other Disney Blu-rays. Uh, the, the next one I won't talk about too much because it's, it's essentially the same Blu-ray that came out when the film first came out on Blu-ray. They've just added uh, the 3D version of it on there too, is, is Up. It, I mean, this is exactly the same Blu-ray that they released back when the f- film first came out on, on Blu-ray. They just added that 3D uh, version of it. So now you can grab the 3D version of Up now too. So, I mean, that'll be coming out on the same day as Finding Nemo comes out on 3D Blu-ray. What's nice about both of these two is that they'll both be coming with a free ticket to go see Monsters, Inc. in 3D in theaters, too. So that's what? that's nice, too, in itself, because most... And I want to say... Hold, let me check this really quick. Is that the ticket is good for up to $10 at a theater, so... That's at, a whole ticket. Yeah, at most theaters, that'll pay for your entire <laughs> ticket. If not, you're paying only $5 for... A 3D movie, so it uh, pays for half of itself just by buying the movie that way. So That's definitely awesome. worth grabbing, if not for only that. Uh, uh, what do you guys? I mean, we can talk about up, like maybe for like like two minutes, so we don't go on too long about it. But Matt, what are your best memories about Up when you saw it? Dude, Up was cr- like awesome. That first scene I remember with the balloons going across the window, with that little girl in that room, you know? Lots of, yeah. All that like color bleeding on the walls and stuff, that was sweet. Because, you know, I do a lot of the lighting and rendering, and that's just one of my favorite shots of the whole movie right there. I, I love Up. I love watching um, just the colors in that film are just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I- I'd love to see it in 3D again. Definitely. I hope I can get a 3D TV someday because I have like half the Pixar movies on, on 3D now, and I, I would love to be able to watch them again in 3D. So. Well, you know what you could do is you could get two regular LCD screen TVs and just put them next to each other, and then if you cross your eyes, you can see 3D. <laughs> or, That's the way to go. Or I'll just have to go over to Justin's house. He used to be on the show and be like, "Let me watch my 3D movies on your 3D TV." Yep. Yep. Right, so that is Up. The The next film is not anywhere near, near as good as Up or Finding Nemo. <laughs> but this is, this is from Disney's period of let's make a sequel to every classic film we ever had. Uh, and it's got Dr- Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True, and Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, and on one Blu-ray. Because they know that was the only way you're going to buy this at all, probably. There's, if you get two for the price of one. Uh, same reason why they put Pocahontas 2 with Pocahontas. Yeah, and the only one that I think they could have made more money off of if they didn't do the double feature was the Rescuers and Rescuers Down Under because both of those are are fantastic theatrical films that they both release in theaters, so I think that one yes. they could have actually split. Uh, yeah. With, with this, though, Dreams Come True uh, is basically, it's like three different tales kind of interwoven together after... Cinderella has gotten married to the prince and whatnot. Uh, and, like, neither of these held my attention, like, really at all, almost. <laughs> no, like, they're not good. The second one, in general, just because it has those three stories, like, doesn't feel like there's any tension to it whatsoever. There's not really any kind of, you know, anything 
to make you build off of something from the beginning of that to the to the end of it because everything's so happy and then and then on the third one it feels like that second movie is like completely just negated from what happens in the third movie so it gives you even less reason to care about that second movie after watching the third movie yeah uh in the third movie it's called twist in time and uh what's her name the hell's your name? The the bad like, Lady uh, Tremaine. Yeah, Lady Tremaine or Cinderella's st- stepmother from the first film gets a hold of the fairy godmother's wand and essentially turns back time and makes it so Anastasia is the one that's going to marry the prince instead of Cinderella. Uh, so I mean, this one's got more attention going for it that way, but it's still, it like if you've seen the second movie and then you start watching this third one, you're kind of trying to figure out where time-wise the second one takes place or where the third one takes place. And then, uh, if if you don't want to be spoiled by the end, skip ahead, like, a minute from here. By, and I'm assuming Matt won't care. Yep, lame. Yeah. Uh, by the end of this, they kind of, it kind of negates the ending to the first movie, too. Because, um, yeah, everything ends up happily ever after, but... It's like now like this alternate version of that history of what happened, and like the fair godmother even asks if she wants them to bring them back to that original version of their life, and then she's just like, oh, never mind, I won't do that. Doesn't matter. And then like in the credits, you see uh, the guy that Anastasia ended up with in the second movie in that credits. So then you're like, oh, okay, now I feel somewhat like that second movie had some merit or. It felt like some of it existed, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I don't think I would have bought this had I not got it sent to me. Uh, nah. And I mean, there's features on here that that are nice if you have like a little girl, like like a daughter, because there's there's two things <laughs> on there about becoming a princess, first edition and second edition, with this really annoying uh, princess petal, princess rose petal to be exact. That's what she says. Uh, in the future, and, so, and so, if you, so Mark, well, let me get straight. You basically want the last three hours of your life back. It's not even three hours. Both movies are seventy-four minutes long. Really? Is it? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Like, see, like, there you go. Minutes. That's how bad they are. They make you feel like they're that long. <laughs> well, here's my with those movies, if if I may. Um, Cinderella Two feels like that they were there were like Disney had these three episodes of a Cinderella TV series that they were gonna make, and they just put them on a movie. Oh yeah, that's that they did that a lot with a lot with sequels, Fox and the Hound Two, Tarzan Two, it just fe- Tarzan and Jane f- felt like you know movies that were supposed to be TV shows. So it makes sense since when they get to Cinderella Three, that that movie is entirely negated. But I think Cinderella Three is a is one of the better Disney sequels. It actually has a story that's actually you know, yeah, good, <laughs> and I, I actually liked it a lot. So I mean, uh, of the two, I would I like Cinderella Three. But I'm with you. If if I if if I was in your position and gotten them for free, I would never have bought them at all. Yeah. Uh, that bad. The the shining light for these films is are the voice actors though, because Listening to at least I didn't notice it until the third movie because the prince Prince Charming has more lines in the third movie than he does in the second movie. I think he's got like two in the second one, <laughs> which is more than I think he ever 
got in the, the first movie either. He's voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes, who is the 90s voice of Spider-Man, the animated series cartoon. And he was also Prince Eric in Little Mermaid. So what was kind of funny is that I wondered why they would even choose him to do Prince Charming, because I don't know if you've watched enough Disney animation movies and you hear him talk, you're like, why is Prince Eric now Prince Charming? Because <laughs> I heard that and I was like, why, what the hell is going on? But and then I realized it was also he was also Spider-Man from the '90s cartoon. And then what's kind of funny is Jennifer Hale, who does the voice for Cinderella in these two films, was the voice of Felicia Hardy, Black Cat on the '90s Spider-Man cartoon series. So this is kind of cool because it's it's Marvel and Disney coming together well before we all knew that they were going to. So I I think that was the shining light for me when I found that out was and I was like oh that's pretty cool and also Rob Paulson does the voice of the human version of... Oh, what, oh, God damn. Forgetting the names of all the, the mice in here now, too. Jack-Jack. Uh, he does the voice for the human version of Jack-Jack. So it's cool to see Donatello slash Raphael doing the voice of the human version of him in there, too. Or Yakko Warner, for, for, for that matter. Oh, yeah. Or, and many others. Riddler. Yes. And, uh, so, yeah, that's Cinderella 2 and 3. I would say maybe rent them if you have a coupon for a free movie and Red use box. the coupon. Yeah. If And if that coupon is for them for free, do not pay for it. You want to hear a really, really cool secret? Yes. If you go to a Redbox and you type in the promo code BREAKROOM, you'll get a free movie. Really? I'm not, not even kidding you. Hey. Try it next time. There you go, <laughs> guys. You can, only use it, you can only use it once per like swipe on a card. So if you have multiple credit cards or debit cards, use them. There you go, guys. A free rental on on Animation Fascination. <laughs> and that's Break Room, all one word. Break Room, one word. Pop it in. You'll get a free movie. Red that's box. awesome. <laughs> if, you get, if you guys get free movies, uh, at Reply Quest Pact on Twitter and say thank you to him for giving you that promo code. There you go. Uh, and in the spirit of giving, we'll now talk about the Blu-ray release of Prep and Landing, which Matt hates because he saw Arthur Christmas first. Uh, and well, I, well, I love... It wasn't that he hated it. It's just for Arthur Christmas is such a great film. He just got spoiled. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I see the, this as being like the same thing as seeing The Prestige and The Illusionist that year that they came out. Whichever one you saw first was the one you ended up liking more. And I, I think with how similar... Uh, at least with the elf kind of design is in prep and landing to Arthur Christmas. If whichever one you saw first, you're going to, even though, you know, neither of them ripped off the other one, you're going to have something in the back of your mind feeling like, Oh man, this is like way too close to what I saw in something else. But since I saw prep and landing first, I really like prep and landing still, but I can still then appreciate Arthur Christmas now that I finally saw it, I'll talk about that when we get to our recommendations, because I know Tim wants to talk about it. But last year, I was kind of upset because they only released this on DVD, and I really wanted to see it on HD. And then this year, they released it on Blu-ray, and it's got the first special, the just the original Prep and Landing, and then Prep and Landing, Naughty and Nice, which has Rob Riggle joining, joining um, Dave Foley, who everybody remembers this flick. Flick is this awesome. But yeah... These look, these look again, awesome on Blu-ray and HD because of the CG animation that John Lester is a part of putting this Christmas special together. And 
I, I can only hope that they do more of these specials because I've enjoyed the past two that they did and I, I enjoyed them. And what's kind of cool is the, some of the stuff they have on there is that they have some of the other short animated things that they did as well, like Tiny's Big Adventure and Operation Secret Santa, which uh, milks uh, Betty White for yet another appearance on something where she does the voice of Mrs. Claus. Uh, there's Behind the Jingle, which is like a in-studio stories about putting the film together. There's Kringle Academy, uh, North Pole News, and North Pole Commercials, which are all like promotional things that you'd see in the background of the movie. So it's cool to see those, how they put those together too. So what are both your thoughts on Purple Landings, guys? Well, you already know mine. Yeah. Well, but, actually, uh, to be fair, have you seen both of them at this point? I haven't. Which one, um, you remember when you sent, uh, the one to me? Which one was that? Probably just the first one. Last, the the second one came out last year. It was Naughty vs. Nice, and that was, uh, him and his brother. Uh, Rob Riggles is his brother. He's the coal elf that goes with them. That's... Yeah. Was that the one I sent you, or was... Yeah, you sent me that one, so I watched that one. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't anything like Arthur Christmas. No, well, I mean, these are TV specials. Arthur Christmas is an entire film. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get to Arthur Christmas. <laughs> I mean, the, I I would say to to buy this and add it to your Christmas Blu-ray collection to watch for this time of year because I enjoy watching it and I would I'll watch it over and over and again. My my son enjoys it too. I even have a prep and landing Christmas ornament, so it looks like like they're both hanging off my my tree you know that you know that thing that you put up every year for christmas that oh, thing did you get that at hallmark i saw that i actually i got it at the disney store a few years ago oh nice i saw him at hallmark this year tangent <laughs> what tim what are your thoughts on prep and landing um it, it, it's uh, something i haven't gotten around to see yet even though i have it um but uh, i haven't gotten around to see it it's something i've always wanted to watch it always Whenever I would see the ads on TV, it always seemed like something I would want to watch because I always heard it was it, it, it was a, a Lasseter project, so I knew I wanted to watch it because of his involvement with Pixar. So I, I've always wanted to watch it, and it looks really, really good. And I will probably watch it when it, when it either – it'll probably be on ABC's Family 25 Days of Christmas thing. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I'll definitely watch it when it comes closer to uh, Christmas time. Definitely. Definitely worth checking out. So from there, we're going to get into two TV series, one more recent and one an older one. Uh, the first one is season two of Transformers Prime on Blu-ray that just came out this past week. And my son started watching this uh, last year on Netflix Instant, the first season, so I kind of started watching it with him. It's got Peter Cullen doing the voice of Optimus again. So, and Frank Walker doing the voice of Megatron. Oh, yeah. Uh, so those guys love doing those voices. Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters, does the voice of a special, special agent Fowler. Uh, and then the, I don't remember what his, his name is, but the, the main, like the older boy that's in it is voiced by Josh Keaton, right? Yeah, he's in everything. He's yeah, in and he, he did the voice of Spider-Man in the Spectacular Spider-Man animated he's series. Green Lantern in the Green Lantern animated series. Yeah, he, he's, he's a big voice actor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was... This was interesting to, to watch. It's it's from two of the producers from like the actual Transformers films, 
So it has the same kind of feel as those films, but not as Michael Bay-ish. It's only better. Yeah. Yeah, so like if those movies were really good then and animated, then that's what this would be. And and the first season kind of dealt with Unicron. If you guys ever saw like the 80s, 80s animated film, Unicron was from that. So that was like the big arc of that season. And this season starts off with, with Optimus with his like memories erased and with the the Decepticons and so that's how that starts. But uh, I mean, this is definitely the animation is very good on the show, at least for the robots. I don't really like the the style of the human characters on the show, but I mean that's just yeah. my personal preference. But I do think the robots look good, look good on it. Um, yeah. And then there's interviews on this Blu-ray with the creative team of the animated series, and then there's uh, this entire feature about Optimus Prime, uh, talking with Larry King and Peter Cullen from Comic Con this the, of this year talking about uh, Optimus Prime and whatnot. So, I mean, if you're a big fan of Transformers, it's a series to check out. The first season is on Netflix Instant right now. I don't know when season two will show up on there, but if you want to, like, at least check out the first episode, give it a, a look-see and definitely at least watch an episode, maybe. I would I would definitely recommend it. It's it's fantastic. If if you have seen the Transformers movies, the regular the live action Transformers movies, and you say, well, it's not the show that I want to check out. Um, the four part episode that starts off the show, uh, Darkness Rising, I think it's called. Um, it feels like a movie by itself because of how <laughs> long it is. Yeah, it it really does. But it's it it surpasses the first Transformers movie by leaps and bounds. It's basically what the Transformers movies would be if Michael Bay wasn't around to screw it up. Yeah. And and from there we'll go we'll get, we're gonna get to back to the Peanuts gang with the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. The complete animated series is now on DVD from Warner Archive. And this was the Charlie Brown animated series I remember watching when I was a little kid. It was and it was on set Saturday mornings, and I just remember I think this is what got me hooked on on Snoopy and Charlie Brown initially was this cartoon because I mean, I remember it was on and on at the same time as Garfield was on. I think it was that's what my memory is saying, but it might not have been, but. These are where I remember most of my my Charlie Brown and Snoopy memories with like Charlie Brown and the red haired girl and like the uh, Lucy pulling the football from Charlie. That's where I originally remember it. And then seeing Charlie Brown Christmas and Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown after watching this show. So that the DVD is is a great thing to have if you watched it while you were a kid and. You just want to have it at your disposal so you can watch more Charlie Brown and Snoopy show whenever you want. My son is going to enjoy this a lot too because he loves Charlie Brown and Snoopy. So it's definitely worth picking up for old kids and young kids. Yeah, it's awesome. Charlie Brown rocks. Okay, guys. So that is our new release section for the week. And from there, we'll be back with our news in a few seconds. Alright, so now to our news section for the week, and our first news story Matt is going to talk about. Alright, so Studio Ghibli uh, sets t- 
uh, their titles for their next films, which will be The Wind Rises and Princess. Let me see if I can get this uh, pronounced correctly. Kayuga? Yeah, I was, I was that... thinking it's pronounced either uh, Kagua or Kayuga or... Kayuga. Or, yeah. or we're horribly mispronouncing it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it, you know whatever the translation is, really, it's probably not yeah. correct. But um, yeah, I can't wait um to see these two new films because whenever I hear a new um Miyazaki films coming out, I get really excited because uh the just his style of directing um is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, the animation in his films are you know I I feel like his like Studio Ghibli is one of the the few studios putting out, um, you know, animated 2D films that look still like animated 2D films. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <clears throat> so in, uh, I'm reading here in the article, it says uh, Miyazaki is at the helm um, for these. And I cannot wait to see these. Any yeah. uh, thoughts? Well, The Wind Rises sounds yeah. like a, a sequel to The Dark Knight Rises where Nightwing... <laughs> rises. Uh, That's the wing rises, Mark. Wing rises. Or, I mean, or it could be a movie about farting. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. And well, that, they did make a movie called Breaking Wind Part 1. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, because, Matt, you and I are from central New York, even though it's probably not pronounced like that, I'm thinking Princess Kuga, so she's the yeah. princess. she's the princess of central New York State. There you go. Probably. That's absolutely right. The Princess Akuga Lake. She lives under the water in that really dirty lake. Sequel to Ponyo. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've I've this year really started watching a lot of Miyazaki. I don't know what I just said for his last name. For Miyazaki films, uh, I've started watching a bunch of them this year after had, having them on my list of shame for god knows how long um but yeah now that i've started to get into them i'm definitely looking forward to these two i have I, there's still a few that i haven't seen of his older films but i'm crossing those off my list of shame sh slowly but surely so i'm definitely looking forward to seeing more from him because studio ghibli is an, one of those studios that keeps putting quality film out after film after film after film just like pixar so it's it's cool to have one uh, studio like that doing hand-drawn films and then another studio doing CG films so you get quality work from both kind of mediums of the animation. So Definitely worth checking those out when they come out. Totally. Uh, the next thing is if you enjoyed it, which if you remember from our, our Halloween episode, uh, none of us were really uh, that, you know, <laughs> exuberant about our thoughts about the hotel first hotel transylvania i mean the, the there is many bright spots in that film the animation is done really well so the animators for that film have that to be proud of because it, it does look amazing but otherwise the story wasn't that hot um but there may sony is going to be doing a hotel transylvania too because of how much money hotel transylvania the original has made uh and with that yeah at this point it's already made 253 million dollars globally so 
yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer for Sony to do another sequel, uh, sequel to this. And uh, the date for the sequel has been set for September 15th, 2015. So, and the thing is that they're going to actually have to get a new director because Jendi Tartakovsky is signed on for their Popeye animated film. So, what do you guys think about this? I'm more excited about Popeye than I am about Transylvania 2. Yeah, I want to see Popeye. Yeah, that sounds like a a good animated film. (laughs) I mean, I'm interested to, I guess, to see what they can do with a sequel because... uh, because because of how so much the first film you know like relies on about it taking place at the hotel and what's going on with Dracula and like why he doesn't want his daughter to leave since that kind of gets res- resolved in the first film it's kind of left to or are they just going to have the them like go to that Transylvania city right there that where they know like all those humans love them now or have Andy Samberg's character have do some weird thing i don't know it'll be interesting to see like what they come up with this first storyline for that i guess if anything yeah i i need to see hotel Transylvania one first before i decide what i think about a sequel because i i didn't actually get to see this one was in the theater so yeah uh definitely wait for Redbox or netflix for that. yeah i'm i'm sure it'll be be out in Redbox fairly quickly i mean look how fast paranorman jumped to, to blu-ray so we'll see how that goes our next bit of news is um, the cast for the Lego animated film, which sounds awesome because it's Lego, uh, is, is expanding. Um, this cast already had Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec, Elizabeth Banks, uh, Will Arnett, for who, you know, is, you know, a lot of stuff yeah. comedic wise. Uh, and Morgan Freeman also have been part of the cast. But this cast just added um, Will Ferrell of... Well, Will Ferrell and um, Liam Neeson, who is um, a, a new action star in his 60s, you know, in the Taken movies and a lot of other stuff. And Nick Offerman of uh, Parks and Rec and Allison Brie of Community have just joined the cast of um, of the movie Lego. Now, if you're, you're unfamiliar with the, the animated film Lego, it's basically centering on Chris Pratt's character, who's named Emmett is your typical Lego figure who's mistaken for a great warrior and joins an eclectic group of rebels on a mission to bring down an evil warlord called President Business, which just sounds hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Will Ferrell will be playing the the, the evil warlord, and um, Liam Neeson will be acting as his right-hand henchman, and will probably be, you know, snapping everybody's necks in the movie. Well, but so, since it's a Lego movie, they can all fall apart, and it'll be funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So he, he could actually just choke them and they'll pencil call pop, pop clean off. So it's fine. Uh, I'm kind of interested in, in, I mean, the cast alone is going to make this worth going to watch. Uh, I'm interested to, to see what the animation will look like because they did a Lego, like, straight to DVD film. I remember, and that that was okay. Because uh, my son wanted to watch it. He loves Legos. Uh uh, what's funny is I wonder if they'll do a Lego video game for this that's just called Lego I, I, video I wouldn't game. be surprised if, if, if the video game is already in development alongside the movie. Yeah, most likely. I'm, yeah. I'm just excited this alone for the cast, though, because of how many awesome comedic voices are going to be a part of this. Well, you know it's going to be funny with all these people. Yeah, And Liam Neeson is awesome. 
And he's he's got a, his own right of being funny and things, so it's definitely yeah. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. And it comes out February seventh, two thousand fourteen. So yes, just about yes. a year or so away. It, uh, it, it and it almost sounds like they're all, all obviously making fun of the uh, of themselves at the same time too. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm 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 sure like Nick Offerman's character will be somewhat like Ron Swanson in the movie, so. <laughs> well, the more Ron Swanson we can have we can have on screen, the better. So yeah. I'm all for that. All the bacon and eggs you have. That's right. <laughs> uh, and our, our last bit of news is that Monsters University invades the University of Southern California with brand new footage. And I suddenly wish that I was in college again and I was going to USC so I could have seen this footage. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty interested to to see anything more from this film rather than that teaser trailer because I just want to see more of like what the feel of the film's going to be and everything about it. Uh, I mean, there's a description about about the the footage of the show there, so I'll, I'll talk about that for a second. Uh, Mike and Sully show up at a very quaint-looking fret house with the Greek letters OK outside of it, standing for Uzma Kappa. They walk in, meet their their new brothers, and it's immediately evident these aren't the cool kids. They drink hot cocoa, call their living room Party Central, keep dream journals. They aren't popular. There's Don Carlton, a mature student, who heads back to college after being laid off at his job. Oh, man, if this is community... Uh, done by Pixar, that would be amazing. Yes. <laughs> uh, Terry and Terry, uh, one spelled with a Y, one spelled with an I, a pair of embarrassing Siamese twins, Squishy, uh, a blobby guy who seems nice but says no one like him, likes him, and Art, a new age philosophy major who looks like a fluffy, flexible letter W. Each introduces themselves to Mike and Sully and expresses their individual excitement of finally having new friends. It's also pretty obvious these are not the best people to compete in the scare games with. Mike and Sully, both disappointed at the prospect, are shown to their room. A very small bunk and bed situation when the lights go out. Uh, exploring what the problem is, they see a light in the basement. They walk down to find a frightening initiation ritual about to commence. Things are going well until the lights flip on, everyone disappointed. And mad when we realize the frat house isn't just a frat house, and this says they won't spoil the joke. So, I'm, I'm interested to to see what what Monsters University is gonna do. I'm I'm hoping that maybe there'll be like like a bookend thing to this where it begins with where we left off. I don't know at the end of Monsters Inc. and then you know kind of bookends it again at the end of Monsters University with something like that. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for this. The storyline has a lot of potential. I think the uh, I'm I'm pretty jealous. I wasn't there to see the new footage. As was I. That is our news for the week. From there, we're gonna get into our new trailers, and we'll be back in a second. So the new trailers we're talking about this week are Despicable Me 2, the teaser number two for that, and then Epic, the theatrical trailer for that. 
So the first one, Despicable Me 2, uh, shows a little bit more of the story for this. It's not just the minions, uh, you know, singing Baba Ran and then getting punched in the face. Uh, it's the, the minions telling a bedtime story to the little girls from the first film. And then two of the minions go off and play golf with each other <laughs> and like hitting the golf ball off of each other's mouth. And then something happens outside and you see the, the UFO. And then, so yeah, I think this kind of gives a little bit more of the story away, but I'm interested to hear what you guys have to, what you guys think might the film be about because of this. I think that this movie is going to be kind of like in the vein of um, Cars 2 is where, you know, in in Cars, we had our breakout character of Mater, and Cars 2 focused a lot on, on the, the character of Mater. And I think in, in Despicable Me 2, um, the breakout characters for Despicable Me we were obviously the minions, so I think we're going to be seeing a lot more minions, and it's going to focus a lot on, on the minions. So I hope that, you know, Steve Carell's character of Gru and... All, and the children of 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 the film aren't going to be shortchanged just because people want to see more minions. So yes. that's my thoughts. Especially since the minions were going to be getting their own spinoff film anyways. Yeah, exactly. So I hope that we're not going to have minion overload. I mean, I love <laughs> the minions. I, I think they're they're awesome, but I just hope we're we're not they're not going to be shoved down our throats. Yeah, small doses. Exactly. Cars to everyone. <laughs> How about you, Matt? No, I think you're right on track there. I, I mean, I really hope that it's not going to be just in your face. Minion here, minion there, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it, it should be good. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for this one. Yeah. And I, I think I remember seeing at one point, like, something was happening in the film where Gru's minions are actually being stolen by his nemesis in this film. So maybe that's not actually aliens uh, kidnapping those two minions. Maybe it's his his nemesis that's stealing them in one of his gadgets. So okay. maybe that's what's going on. I think this is still more of a teaser than like another theatrical trailer because there's still really nothing focusing on the story whatsoever in that trailer. So I'm looking forward to another one so we can see more of what the actual movie is actually going to be about. Well, it's, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that is because this is reminding me a lot of what the, the, the teaser for the original Despicable Me film looked like because right. the original Despicable Me film just showed Gru stealing stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and I had no clue what that movie was going to be about. So I was like, okay, I guess that looks okay. But then I saw, saw the film when it came out on Blu-ray. I was like, okay, I like this. So, I mean, I think this teaser did what it's supposed to do, tease us. So... It's, I, but like I said, I just don't want minion overload because I had Mater overload in Cars 2. And... And, and from there, we're going to talk about the, the epic theatrical trailer, which I liked the theatrical for, trailer for this a lot more than I did for the, the teaser for Despicable Me 2. It sh shows how, you know, like how much potential Blue Sky actually has to make a good film with the, the animation that's in that trailer. Yeah. And, I think what's 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 cool is like how they chose to to do the the pug in that film, like giving it, you know, like that one eye that's all messed up and it's only got three legs. <laughs> so they're like they're challenging themselves by doing that with how the way they have to animate that dog, and just the way the way it acts and whatnot. And I, I don't know how the slugs will kind of fit in 
to how, I don't know, like, big this movie can feel, or if, like, those slugs will maybe not make it be as good as a film as it can be, but I'm hoping that they can, because Aziz Nari is awesome, and she, that little snippet of him in the film as that slug was, I thought, super funny, so... I'm hoping that it works well, like mixed together like that, and I'm I'm looking forward to Epic. Yeah, this looks really good. Um, I uh, yeah, like like when you have a title like Epic, uh, I was expecting something a little bit more comedic. I was expecting something where I'm like laughing my face off the the, the entire trailer, and when I saw that it was it was had this wide scope, I was very impressed. It reminded me a lot of kind of Fern Gully and the uh, the Disney Tinkerbell movies, you know, the the scope of those those, those animated films. So I, I think this this has a potential to be something really, really good and I'm I'm looking very much forward to it. To, I mean, watching the trailer to me there's like some sort of essence of like flushed away mixed with like honey I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Some I mean mixed with Fern Gully. Mixed with Fern Gully, exactly. That's I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I do like the pug. He's special. Yeah, the, the yeah. pug is pretty awesome. Yeah, and, I, and and Mark, you mentioned Aziz Anazari. I totally didn't catch that in the trailer. <laughs> Epic now recommendation. All right, so those are our trailers, and now, like Matt just said, recommendations. The first recommendation for me is I was kind of uh, I had I had to do two this week. Uh, the first one was uh, Cat in Paris. That I found on Netflix Instant. Uh, it's pretty good. It's it's only sixty four minutes, so I mean if you have like an, an hour to, to kill, it's a good way to do it. Uh, that it's a hand drawn animated film from from France, and it was nominated for an Oscar last year and. I, I liked the style for it. It kind of looks like another one of those films that's like drawn to look like a certain style of like children's book. And I just, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. And I, I think anybody that likes good animation would like it as well. Have either of you guys had a chance to watch it besides me? I haven't had a chance to watch this yet, but it's 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 on my list to watch. Yeah, I'll I'll take that recommendation and I will watch that. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, if you have Netflix Instance, it's on there and it's it's free to watch. So definitely check that out. Uh, and then my my other one is New York Night and Day. Just this kind of cool combination of uh, video time lapse and animation, where they kind of synced these two different photos that they took, one during the day, one during the night, and like overlapped them in certain parts. So like certain buildings are lit by the sun, and then like other ones are lit up at night. It, and it's cool to watch it the way that they chose how to do it. And, like, there's some of them where it's in Central Park and you can see, or, like, on, on a road and you see people riding by on a bike and they're just all silhouetted in black because it was at night. But then it's also showing that street during the day. So it, it's cool the way that this person put it together. And definitely say check it out as well. What did you guys think about it when you watched it? Ooh, I thought it was pretty neat. I, mean, I... Oh, I sound like you did with your yawning right there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hey, yeah, it's, he, it's he was nice. totally bored out of his skull. He's just too scared to admit it on the show. It, 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 I'm three hours behind over here, okay? No, it was pretty neat. I mean, some of 
some of the scenes there look, some are really cool, and some of them look a little, a little weird. Like the one where the guy's like riding his bike like right towards you, and the it's like dark. You know? Oh yeah. That it, it it looks a little weird. You can see kind of the you know the editing going on there. Like they, I don't know, they should have color corrected some of that. But uh, that's just my opinion. It did look. I mean, if anything, it looked cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it when when this film first kicked, this little short first kicked off. I I, I was reminded of the time lapse animation that uh, Breaking Bad does uh, when it cuts to another scene. They they do the the really really quick time lapse scene that are really always impressive to watch. And this was no this was no exception. This was very impressive to watch. And then when they started cropping in the the daytime cars and and bicycles and people into into the nighttime scenes and vice versa, it was very very cool, very different style of animation, and it was very very fun to watch. Definitely. Uh, and from that, we're gonna get into Matt's recommendation, which was pretty awesome as well. Yes. Jammed. So my recommendation for this week is Jammed. And uh, let me read you off the, uh, the uh, info for this. Um, the laminating, laminating the demise of the audio cassette. We at MIE thought it would be nice to try and have some fun to find tribute to its faded glory. Jammed is a story of a bold, heroic Viewmaster robot in which I work in a company that owns Viewmaster, um, venturing into an unknown world to save an unknown soul. We had great uh, fun making the short film using a mixture of stop motion and 3D techniques. The music was composed by our talented friends, Dan, John, and Reander. So, um, what did you guys think of this? I loved it. I, I thought it was great. I mean, using the kind of, you know, lamenting the death of the, the audio <laughs> cassette in, uh, in, in, our, in our modern day and age of iPads and iPods and CDs and even that's going the way of all the earth. So maybe they'll make a, a, a CD animated film. Who knows? But I loved it. I, I thought I thought using the the Viewmaster was kind of cool. Seeing another thing from our childhood uh, was great, and um, I really liked seeing the basically the, the tape unraveling and coming to life. That was and forming all these uh, all these different landscapes and and you know seeing the uh, I don't know what was the thing that was trampling over the tape. In the in the short, but that was cool to see that. It was just it was just a nice little commentary on the death of the audio cassette, which is was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it a lot as well. I thought that was cool the way that they were able to do the stop motion animation with the actual like tape, uh, you know, like the analog tape, whatever fiber it is, and like to make the different animals and landscapes and whatnot with it. It had to be uh, a big pain in the butt to do, but it ended up looking really cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they did that. I hope they like put out like a a making of jammed or something to show us how how they actually got all this tape to form this cohesive animation. Yeah, it was really cool. Like the style, and it was so stylized too. Even like the yeah. color of everything and like the clouds, the shapes there, really cool. I I really enjoyed it. That's why I picked it for this week. So definitely check it out. Jammed. Look it up on Vimeo. Yeah. Uh, and from there, we're going to get to Tim's recommendations for the week. Uh, yes. I, um, I, I, I picked two series and a movie 
this week for my recommendations. My first recommendation is Young Justice, which was an animated series that I saw the pilot for years ago, and I really, really enjoyed it. But when it got picked up to series, I just I didn't have time to keep track of it. So now that the entire first season is on DVD. I've been catching up on Netflix, and I really enjoy it because I'm a, I'm a big DC superhero guy, as evidence from my last appearance on this show. Is that an instant uh, watch too? It's not. All the all the all the, the Marvel Warner stuff Brothers... seems to be, but Warner Brothers isn't. It's weird. It makes me so mad. I am waiting for the day when Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, and Justice League and Justice League Unlimited become available for streaming. But they're they're available on disc on Netflix, so you can you can add those to your queue. Um, they're in these different you know sets because they do that, and it's kind of frustrating and weird. But the, I I just checked out the first four episodes, and it's really good. It's a really it basically. If you're not familiar with the show, it's about uh, basically the sidekicks of Aquaman, Green Arrow, Batman, and Superman's clone and Martian Manhunter's niece coming together and forming a superhero team. And basically the trials and errors of you know falling into the shadows of the Justice League and forming their own identity come into play. So it's, it's, a, it's a good show. If you've seen Batman Under the Red Hood... Uh, they definitely took the, the animation for Batman and Robin is definitely, it, it looks like that. So, cause Brandon Vietti, who directed, I believe he directed under the red hood, uh, directed this pilot and is an executive producer on this show. So, nice. and then moving to my other animated series that I just start, just started the first episode today, uh, green lantern, which was Bruce Timm's foray into computer animation. And it definitely looks like um, the Green Lantern and superheroes that we saw in Justice League and animated on a computer-generated level. And I don't think you could do – you could, I guess – a Green Lantern series adequately on traditional 2D animation. So I think the, I think the, uh, the CG helps, you know, when, you're, when you get into the, you know, the nitty-gritties of, of the ring constructs and – you know how Jordan, you know, phasing between Green Lantern mode and human mode. So that was fun to watch. I really enjoyed watching that show. I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Green Lantern, and was disappointed in that live action movie. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, it was okay, but this was great. This was f- fun to watch. It was it was nice to see, kind of a, a superhero uh, a superhero franchise being put onto CG which we haven't seen too much of. So I'm, I really hope this becomes something really extraordinary and I'm looking forward to watching more. And yeah. now the Ralph, crown jewel oh, of my sorry. recommendation. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say Ralph who, Alpha, who we've had on the show before has been trying to get me to watch the green lantern series. So I'm, I'm going to have to try to check that out at some point too. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's available on iTunes. Uh, the, the, the entire seasons, uh, the season pass on iTunes and, uh, it, it, it's still going, I think. I, I think it's still in its first season, so nice. it's um, it's really good. The crown jewel of my recommendation, Arthur Christmas. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I have to say, like when I saw the trailers, I was just like, okay, I guess this could be good. And then I and, and then I saw I saw the movie, and because at first I thought Arthur Christmas was going to be like a fish out of water story, where where Arthur was like this mailman who got sent to the North Pole and he like has to remind Santa about what Christmas is all about and stuff. 
But it actually was that, but it was just in a different in a different way because Arthur Christmas is actually Santa's son. So I really enjoyed I really enjoyed this movie, and I don't care who you are if you um, do not shed man tears during the ending <laughs> of the movie, you have no soul <laughs> because it was it just it it pulled on my heartstrings. It and so many good voice actors. I mean, I think yeah. Julie Walters was Mrs. Claus. Hugh Laurie was uh, the, I don't remember his, the character's name, um, the, the kind of the militant Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember his name. And, I, I, I want to say North, but that's Rise of the Guardians. Yeah. Um, but it was such a good movie. And oh, probably one of the best Christmas animated movies I have seen in quite some time. Yeah. And, I... I yeah, like James, James McAvoy yeah, was in there yeah, as, as Arthur. Uh, Bill Nye is Grand Santa. That was yes. awesome. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, what's his name? Oh. And Jim Professor. Per, yeah, I was going to say Professor Slughorn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, it wasn't Julie Walters who played that. Uh, uh, Milda Stoughton. Milda Stoughton. So there was a Harry Potter connection. That, that's yeah, Bill Nye, Milda Stoughton, and Jim Broadbent. <laughs> But yeah, I can't say enough wonderful things about this movie. I, I saw it a couple uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. I seriously cannot wait to watch it again. It was one of my favorite Christmas movies in quite some time. It's been it's been a long time since I saw a really 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 good Christmas movie, and because I, I felt like most of them that have come out in the past few years have fallen flat. And I was pleasantly surprised by Arthur Christmas. Pleasantly surprised. Matt told me about this movie last year, and I never got to see it when I was in theaters. But I, I, I told you about this. I yeah. told you, and then you were like, what? And then I was like, yup. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then I finally watched it, and I was like, oh, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, I finally rented it, and it was amazing. A couple weeks ago, too. And uh, when I watched it, and yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I really want to watch it again. <laughs> there's a lot of like adult humor like oh, uh, yeah. there's a lot of adult humor so for you know the older crowd too it, it's pretty good i was actually surprised some of the adult humor that was in it too yeah yeah i'm, I'm glad to I, see I, see all these movies from ardman too because ardman has been putting out a lot of good films both this year and last year and just in general since they've made films so yeah it's it's cool to see them go from doing uh doing cg films but also still doing their uh handcrafted uh, uh claymation films too like the puppet yeah. i mean the puppets the the pirates and arthur christmas so definitely worth checking out arthur christmas this time of year too so yes so those are all our recommendations for this week and we'll be back in a few seconds with our main topic which are the big two releases of november Alright, so our main topic for this week are the, f the films Wreck-It Ralph and Rise of the Guardians and the short film Paperman, which is attached to Wreck-It Ralph when you go see that in theaters. So the first one, Wreck-It Ralph, which is Disney's 52nd film within their canon of animated feature films, came out November 2nd, and it's kind of like if you mixed... Uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit with uh, that video game show from Nickelodeon back in the 90s 
and oh, then yeah, th- I remember that. <laughs> Nick, Arcade. Nick, Nick Arcade, yeah. And then you throw in all your favorite uh, Disney, I mean, not your favorite Disney characters, all your favorite uh, like video game characters from when you were growing up, too, and then throw them into this. And I, I really enjoyed the story for this. I thought it was done really well. And the cameos are handled well too, so they're not like that's what the movie. That's not what the movie is about. It's not about hey, like oh look, there's Sonic, or there's Bowser, or you know, Which some is other character. Because that's what all the trailers and posters are kind of yeah. leading you to believe that all these video game characters are like a, a major presence in the movie. But that that is a good way to get you to come in to watch the movie, but and then you find out that it's a good movie without having to rely yeah. on those cameos yeah. too. Uh, which I feel like if maybe it had been done i don't know somewhere else maybe they would have relied more on those cameos but ralph is is done really well john c Riley voice voices him amazingly in the movie and brings him to life uh sarah silverman does an awesome job as vanellope von schweetz uh, uh jane lynch as as the the hero's duty uh captain and then uh there's also uh, uh, Fix It Felix, done by John McBrayer or Jack, Jack, John, Jack, Jack, Jack McBrayer. Yeah. Uh, He's a uh, Kenneth on Thirty Rock. Yeah. And which is what's kind of funny is that if uh, if this film didn't have or was it Sarah Silverman in it, it'd be a ton of the cast from Talladega Nights just in animated form. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think of that. But, Wait. Who, who 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 was Jack McBrayer in Talladega Nights? Who yeah, was he? He's in the he's in the pit crew for That's for Ricky right. Bobby. I totally forgot that. Uh, and, and, and then Gene Lynch is is mother. Ricky Bobby's mom. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. We just needed Gary Cole and a uh, uh, Will Co- Ferrell. Yeah, so that would have been. Awesome. But yeah, the thing that that catches me off guard with Jane Lynch and, and one thing I'm I think that I'm not looking tremendously forward to with her in the movie is just, she just seems like an animated Sue Sylvester from Glee. Uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of what the commercials give you too, is like, she, because she kind of looks like her and then she kind of has that, but there, she's more uh, kind of like Samus from, from Metroid than, than anything from, from Glee. But okay. yeah. Right. Yeah. And j- just so, Disclaimer is that Tim hasn't seen the movie yet, but Matt and I have. But oh, okay, I I didn't know that Tim. I could have ruined it. Yeah, yeah. there I, I, there I is the there is some before. surprises within the film that you you might not expect. So don't let anybody ruin the movie for you. We won't we won't ruin the the few twists and turns that the movie takes. But yeah. uh, it's cool to see all the different worlds that they were able to create and give them their own animation styles and. I I really enjoyed the movie. I, I'd like to see it a, again eventually, pr- and I can't wait to see what it looks like on Blu-ray when it comes home too. Yeah, this is this is one that's gonna it's on my Blu-ray must-own list. I definitely I've heard I've heard great things um, about this movie, and I definitely want to see it when it come. If I can, I'd like to see it in the theater. But if I don't, it's definitely going to be on my my Blu-ray buy list because I imagine it looks really great. Yeah, it's definitely. Definitely worth it. And I hope Paperman is on the Blu-ray. Oh, I, I have no <laughs> doubt that it will be since it was worked on by many of the same people and then it was in front of this movie, so I'm pretty sure it'll be on there too. Matt, so, what did, what were your, your thoughts about Wreck-It Ralph? Well, let me tell you. I went to the, uh, the theater to see this, and I was there, you know, probably like half an hour early 
I went to the, uh, you know, like the um, computer, like uh, to get my tickets. And I went with like a whole group of friends. And as I was purchasing my tickets on the computer, it sold out. (laughs) So like half of us, half of like our whole department at work was in like the 5.30. And we had to get tickets for like the the later um, show for it at like 6.30. So it, it was, I mean, we went the day it came out and it was hopping. Like everyone wanted to go see it. And it was great. It was awesome. And I'll tell you what. As soon as I got into the theater as well, one of the channels, you know, like the RGB channels into the projector, one of the channels was pulled out. So we were watching half the credits with, uh, you know, only like the red and the green channel. And I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified that they were going to play Paper Man and I was going to see it in only the red and green. It looked terrible. So (sighs) I saw, I I yelled um, and there was some people in front of me actually as soon as they heard me talking about it got up and ran out of the theater and it, it got fixed in like a few minutes but it was an experience every time i go to the movies it's like a terrifying experience but uh oh, yeah. no, the movie was was awesome i'm not gonna give away anything for you tim but i mean there was it it was a really good uh storyline to it and i didn't you know i didn't even expect um yeah. it to be that good it's in my top five uh, animated films for the year too. Yeah, so. it was, it was terrific. And you know, we talked to Darren, Darren Butters, yeah, about uh, he about um, the animation and you know all the different environments that uh, you know, like the gravity and you know, the dynamics, and it it just it all came together. It was really cool. So, um, lots of awesome cameos and just little things here and there. Just, it was pretty awesome. But yeah, from from there, if you go and see Wreck-It Ralph in theaters, attached to it will be the short Paper Man, which is one of the best animated shorts in a very long time. And after having it built up for and hyped for us so much, I was hoping it was going to be as good as I was hoping it was going to be, and it, it, it was. And the animation for it is, is really cool how, how they did that with the, the hybrid cg hand-drawn animation and there's a really cool uh feature you can watch on on youtube that i found for a film that shows how they did how they did that and like all the different technologies they kind of used to pull it together and make it look yeah. the way that it did and passes were amazing I, I i hope right now that paper man wins for the best short film animated film at the oscars this year because it definitely deserves it and Darren also worked on that as well, and def- I mean, that that was great. Justin actually said that was his favorite animated movie for the entire year. Not short, but like movie in general. So. Wow. Yeah, I, I can't wait to, to see this. I've heard nothing but excellent things about this particular short, and I, I, can't, I just can't wait. Uh, and the other awesome thing about it is it's entirely silent and just has this awesome score going throughout it, so I've Today, kind of like as the show goes out, I'll have the the score from that playing. So it's it's awesome, just by itself to listen to. So, Wait. What are, what are your thoughts about Paperman, Matt? I thought it was amazing. Um, the just the breakdown on like how it looked was incredible, and then um, the storyline was great. Um, 
and just when uh, I mean it really blew my mind like when I watched the breakdown on that because um, I, I I watched those uh, YouTube videos on uh, how it was made and there was so much so much that went into that and just like the motion tracking and then like they painted you know the, like an actual artist would like you know draw the frame and then it would like cash into a like a motion system and actually follow the 3d it was amazing yeah. so i couldn't believe the technology that went into that i, I can only hope that like disney is developing like a live i mean not a live action but a, another animated full-length theatrical film directed by john cars who did this to do a th- entire theatrical film done like in that style of animation because i think it would look awesome yeah that'd be great uh yeah going from there the last film neither of you guys have seen i got to see it uh about a week ago is dreamworks new film rise of the guardians which is i after watching it i think it's on par with how to train your dragon and kung fu panda and like the least shrek and shrek 2 but yeah, I mean, the, Dreamworks glory days a little bit. Yeah, uh, the story centers mostly around Jack Frost, which is voiced by Chris Pine uh, from Star Trek and other films, and then Alec Baldwin is the voice of Santa, whose whose name in this film is North. Uh, Isla Fisher is the voice of the Tooth Fairy. Hugh Jackman is the Easter Bunny, which is he's one of the uh, one of the best parts of the movie too. Uh, and then the Sandman is, is, is mute, so he's not voiced by anybody. Uh, but, uh, oh, Jude Law does the voice of Pitch, the the bad guy for the movie. Uh, the animation in this, Matt, when you see it, you're going to think it's amazing because of the amount of detail they go yeah. to with, like, the, the feathers on the Tooth Fairy. and like oh, I just can't wait to see that. The, the frosting around the windows that, that Jack puts on there are just, like, little ice particles and... Stuff like that. Uh, the story is really well done, and it, it adds like a lot of cool mythology to, like all these holiday mascots that that we know from like our childhood, and why they have to team up in this movie, kind of like in a, in a superhero Avengers type style to team up and take out the boogeyman. Uh, I don't. I, I think it was done really well, and I I hope it starts doing better at the box office because it's it's not doing that well right now, especially for over the Thanksgiving weekend that it had for the five days. It didn't make anywhere near as much money as they thought it was going to. But I would say definitely go check this out in theaters because it is worth seeing. It's, it's also in my top five of the year and uh, I I would like to watch it again sometime. So, yeah, this is, this is one I definitely, definitely want to see uh, from the trailers. It looks like something very, very unique, and um, I, I, I just, I hope it's on par with, uh, with How to Train Your Dragon and, and, and Kung Fu Panda and, and Shrek because you know DreamWorks has been hit or miss for me over the years. Like, like sometimes they'll do a really, really great film like How to Train Your Dragon, and then, then they'll do you know a movie like Monsters vs. Aliens, um, so. I really want to see this, and it's also available for pre-order on iTunes, so you can pre-order yeah. it on iTunes and already. Yeah, already. <laughs> so I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. So we'll see. Oh well, with Amazon, you can pretty much pre-order anything like the week after it comes out now, like because uh, yeah, well, Frank and Winnie was on there like, this is, this like is five iTunes. weeks ago. Yeah. 
usually iTunes you can pre you won't be able to pre order something to like like a month or so before it comes out. Right. So I All just right. found that interesting. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. I would I would definitely say check this out because it it is one of Dreamer's best movies in a while, so yeah, definitely worth definitely going to the it. theater to see. Alright guys, so that is our show for the week. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. I'm at Questpack, Q-E-S-T-P-A-C-T. Tim, uh, where are you at on Twitter? I am Mighty underscore Tim. That's where you can find me on the Twitter. Or you can also follow the show itself on Twitter at Animated Podcast. Uh, feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our site at animationfascination.wordpress.com and uh, fill out your internet interwebs uh, trifecta there. You can like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. Uh, and then if you guys have ever heard of audible.com, you can actually get a free trial for a download from them now from us just by going to audible.com slash animation fascination podcast. Uh, and I mean, they have a bunch of good books on there. You could check out the Pixar touch, which is a book about how Pixar came to be anything on there. And you get a free trial. You can download one book. And even if you don't keep audible afterwards, you still got that free audio book to hold on to and listen to. So I'm Mark Vibert for myself, Matt quest and our guest host, Tim Casella. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time, guys. Peace. Later. Shut. I didn't want to hear the ending. Okay. That left a bad taste in my mouth. That's what she said. Oh, jeez. I <laughs> <laughs> roll. I was sitting in a dark room there for a second. On to the news. Uh, but. He's voiced by. I'm gonna pause this for a second so I can remember what the hell his name is. Christopher Daniel Barnes. Okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> he's voiced by Christopher. Yeah. Oh, the joys of editing.